Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Every bunny loves honey glazed carrots. A great side dish for your springtime celebration and a delicious compliment to a sweet, bright Moscato. Your Bloody Mary bar will be the talk of brunch with the vodka I'm stalking. Pile those toppings sky high. Serving lamb this season? Try it with a bold Cabernet from the trendy Paso Robles region. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! The following program is a Forbes and Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Denise Ristari, and this is Mentoring Moments, a podcast where smart, witty, and bold women are sharing their triumphs and their skids. We aren't just talking, we're taking action, and we're inviting you to join us every Wednesday in my New York City apartment, where we are proudly sponsored by the Business Platinum Card from American Express. However you move your business forward with Business Platinum, it's not about where you are, it's about where you want to take your business next, and nothing helps helps you like the resources and know-how of the Business Platinum Card, backed by the service and security of American Express. Normally, I'm a little calmer than I am today because sitting across from me is Mandy Gonzalez, who is known for a lot of things, and most recently, her starring role in Hamilton. So let me tell you how I met Mandy. So a few weeks ago, my husband and I were invited. Well, he really, he was invited to go to see Hamilton, a guest of Google Cloud. So thank you, Google Cloud, to do a shout out to them because I wouldn't be here with Mandy today if it weren't for them. <laughs> and I know, <laughs> that's what I said. Mm-hmm. And so the invite said, there's a dinner before and you'll meet a cast member from Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So I get there and there's this beautiful woman sitting at the table signing the Hamilton playbills. And I'm waiting in line and everybody is just wanting wanting a moment of your time. Mm. And I get that moment of your time and I don't want to take up a lot of time because there are so many people there. Mm-hmm. And you ask me, Mandy says to me, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And I tell you that I have a podcast and it's about mentoring and it's all about how do we scale mentoring. And mm-hmm. you say, and I said, I would love to have you on the podcast. And you're like, done. It's uh-huh. done. Consider done. it done. Mm-hmm. So, and you said, contact Maya and mm-hmm. Maya is your intern and Maya is with us today, as well as in the background is someone who a lot of people who listen to the show know is B. Arthur. So B is back with us today for takeaways. (laughs) So at dinner, or before the dinner, when you were there, Mandy, I kept Mm -hmm. looking at you and thinking, because they didn't tell us who was coming, right? Right. I kept thinking, God, do I know her? How do I know her? How do I know her? And then it came to me, because I knew you from In the Heights. Oh, yeah. Because one of my favorite songs from In the Heights is Breathe. And I listened to it a lot. It was mm-hmm. the few songs that I listened to. Mm-hmm. And you played one of the starring roles I did. In, in The Heights. Mm-hmm. I played Nino Rosario in, right. in The Heights. And I started with that show in 2004 when it was a reading. So when a show is a reading, you just kind of sit around a table and read out of the script. And then if they like it, the producers will make it a workshop. And from a workshop, you get up and you do choreography from the workshop. Then if they like it, they'll produce it into a show. And so I've been, I was with in the Heights from 2004, from the reading to the workshop, to the off-Broadway production, to the Broadway production. And that song, Breathe, actually changed in every <laughs> inception of that show. But um, And who changed it? 
Lynn Manuel. So he was the, the, oh, yeah. the person behind. Yeah, in the no, Heights. Lynn, Lynn right. Manuel was the composer of In the Heights, and then as well as um, Chiara Alegria uh, Hudes wrote the book for In the Heights. So um, together, but Lynn wrote all the music. And so, but Breathe, I think, was, and he's told me before, I, I think it was the most difficult song for him to kind of get his to figure out, to say, like, this is what it is. And I think it's because it was the most personal to him. It's about somebody coming home and wanting to, and being the star of the neighborhood. Um, everybody's kind of looking at them as the ones to get out and do better. And they come home and they've they've fallen and they, um, they need a boost from the neighborhood to get back up. So um, I think that as a young person, you can always at least for me, I could definitely relate to that being the first in my family to go to college, being the first to come to New York to pursue my dreams. I could definitely relate to that character of Nina Rosario. So I think that that's why it took so long to make it be what it is, which is, was breathe. And, um, and the genius of Lynn is that he constantly goes back until it's right. So I feel very fortunate to be associated with that show with that song because I have so many young um, young people come to me and say that it helped them get through it, get through whatever it is that they're going through. So I Well, the wonderful that. thing about this, there's two great things I love about what you just said is mm-hmm. one, number one, Lynn is a work in progress on his songs, <laughs> right? So it gives us all permission to say we can keep making things different, oh, yeah. better, whatever the word is. Right. And Breathe really helped me be a parent. So when I saw Breathe, my daughter was in high school, college years, her first college years, and it really helped me stay calm. Mm. And I'm I'm being serious about this. I played it for years. I loved it for that reason. Um, I've seen the show a few times. I saw the show a few times. And because it's all about, you go to Stanford, you come out, you're, you know, from a place where no one goes to Stanford and you drop out, right? Yeah. I drop out because while I'm at school, a lot of times in order to get a scholar, to get a certain scholarship, you have to work on, you have to work on campus or you have to have a job outside of campus to, to afford to go to school, to just make it through the year. So what happens is my character was working two jobs and going to school full time and she just couldn't do it. Like she just couldn't make it all work. So she, she slips and she, she drops out, but she doesn't tell her parents. So she's coming back to the neighborhood. And that's when you first meet Nina because she's coming home and she's going to, this song is what she sings right before she goes and tells them. So it's, um, it's a very, uh, telling song. So I can see how that can relate. I love it. Mm -hmm. And then you were in Wicked. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and you sang another one of my favorite songs, Defying Gravity. Oh, yes. Which, if you ask my daughter, I drive her crazy. If we're on a road trip or something, <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to play some song. And I'm like, can you play Defying Gravity? And she's like, again? <laughs> right, right. Right. It's, a few Beyonce songs are in there, too. No, and she's I, like, really? Do we have to keep playing these over and is. over? It is. It's one of those songs that when you hear it, I sing it now in um, in concert and with a lot of different symphonies and orchestras. And a lot of times it's put at the end because when you hear that song, people, it's so uplifting and everybody can relate to that song. It's the same thing as breathe. Like it's just one of those songs that you go, Oh, I felt like that. I know what that is. And this person is going to make it out and make it through that. So maybe I can too. And so I think it's just one of those songs. I feel very fortunate in my career to have played some incredibly like empowering (laughs) women characters, you know, and, uh, and they sing just these songs that become anthems. 
And I was just telling B earlier, I think mm -hmm. there's a clone of you though, because you, you do all these things. <laughs> and then, okay, so the night I met you, yes. you're socializing, you're yes. very energetic, you're vivacious, and you're going on stage in like 45 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. after today, you go and you perform in a matinee, you leave here and 45 minutes later, you're on stage. Yes. Okay, I got to tell you, this is where breathe for me comes in, right? So like before yeah. you came today, I'm like breathing. Right. <laughs> I'm like hours of yeah, yeah, yeah. inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Yeah. How do you do that? I mean, how do you go and just get on and perform? I don't know. You know, I think, um, and I had an audition this morning. My daughter was up at 6.30. I think that and I was talking about this. There's this thing I'm asked a lot about balance. How do I balance? And I think as a woman, and I don't know if men are asked that same question, but I have a certain kind of work ethic that I don't know if everybody has, but it's just something that's in me that's this this fire that I have inside of me where I have to do as much as I can <laughs> every day. It's just how I work. And if I'm not doing multiple things, I feel lost or I feel like I'm not doing what I need to do. And I think I come from a family of very strong women who worked very hard. I mean, my grandmother um, on my father's side came to the United States when she was very young um, from Mexico with my grandfather and they were migrants. So they would travel around um, the United States and follow the crop. So wherever um, the crop was, that's where they would go. And they took uh, seven kids in tow and they all would live on the farm. So they were laborers and um, they ended up in California. But my grandmother, I think about how hard my grandfather worked, <laughs> but my grandmother worked just as hard. Like she was right beside my grandfather, also picking oranges and cutting grapes and doing those kind of things. And in the morning, she would make them all homemade tortillas <laughs> to take for lunch. Like she was doing the lunches she was doing and then she was working and then she would come home and she would make the dinners because they didn't have money. Like you had to make everything from scratch or borrow from your neighbor, whoever, whoever else was living on the farm. So I think I come from that mentality of, um, you just do it. And my mother worked. Um, so she was gone at six 30 in the morning. She was back at three o'clock when we were home from school. She worked in the school system. So, and then she worked and she took care of the three of us. So I think I have that sense of work ethic from the women that I've been surrounded by. Um, but what I do have, and I've learned to have is a sense of forgiveness, <laughs> especially I think after becoming a mother, and how um, old's your daughter, my daughter's five. But I think that before I became a mom, I was very hard on myself with, answering emails or, um, not reading this book or not finishing this, learning this amount of songs and this amount of time. Um, I was very hard on myself. Um, and that's just, that's just part of my makeup. I'm very much a perfectionist and I think having a child grounded me. And so it allows me to forgive myself if I'm not perfect, if I'm not, if I forget to, um, what did I forget the other day? I forget the field trip to I put my daughter in her YMCA shirt. Like it's like little big things that seem like a big deal. I, I make them a little bit smaller because my family's healthy and everybody's okay. And it created a bigger picture for me of life. So I think in that way, how I balance that word comes up a lot in my life, but how I balance that is forgiving myself, you know, for when I'm not at my best, because I'm, I think that as a mother and, and friends that I have, even friends that don't have kids, we're all just doing our best. 
<laughs> right. But that's really hard. To, I have a hard time doing that. Right? Yeah. Giving myself mm-hmm. as B-nos. Right. Like I beat myself up for some of the craziest things. Right. And I think. <laughs> <laughs> she's laughing at me. Because well, we she just knows, met. So like, I don't know. Bino, some of my secrets. <laughs> but isn't there therapist confidentiality thing going on here? <laughs> well, that helps too. Right, right. Having somebody to talk right. to is a big thing. And, and I learned, um, in my mid twenties, I did go to therapy and I, I had a therapist who taught me mindfulness and how to practice mindfulness. And that really saved me, um, through my, my journey, um, in my twenties from going from show to show and it being just all about work and career trajectory and things like that. Like mindfulness really, um, helped me find a center for myself. And then you have a kid and then it's like, what? Everything is like, well, let me just meditate. Like there's no time. Right. <laughs> so, um, but I still, I try to find the thing about mindfulness is you can practice it at any time. So sometimes when I'm walking down the street, even though it's loud in midtown, I can practice what did my feet feel like? What did they feel like hitting the ground? What is my breath? And I get in control of that. So, um, but people that's something that really saved me. in New York, me. there's a lot of actors and actresses running around, right? Like singing oh, everybody's, in the street. We're all like, running around. Right, and we're all like, like practicing in the street. You like watch true. people on the subway. Well, it's funny. Like, um, I always think to myself when I'm going to an audition, cause I have to, I ride public transportation and I'm on the subway practicing my lines. And I think I used to think like, Oh, people must think like this woman is going to hurt somebody or, you know, well, like she's like money. talking, or you're ask for she's money. talking to herself <laughs> or she's an actress. Right. And I think, um, and you see other people like talking to themselves and sometimes we'll look at across from each other and we'll like kind of just wink and be like, Hey, good luck on that audition. <laughs> so do you ever want to slow down? Do you ever say that, you know, I do want to breathe. I do. And I try to take at least Monday's my day off. So I try to take that day and just, but I don't know. It's hard to just breathe. I get up early on Mondays and I try to have that moment for myself, but I'm really just looking forward to spending that day with my kid and spending as much time with her as possible that I don't get to spend during the week. Um, I don't know. I, I think that I do find that time to breathe, but it usually happens in spurts. Like when I'm with my girlfriends and we go out for lunch together in between shows and there's that moment where you're just, everything's in sync and you're talking and laughing about things, about your kids, about this that happened. Um, my friends that don't have kids about their dating life. And, and in those moments I find time to just breathe and not think about what I have to do. And I get this sense, one of the things I've been working on is doing things that bring me joy mm. and saying no to the things that don't bring me joy. Yes. And I get this sense about you that you are pretty much on track of doing things that bring you joy. And that's why it's easy to be at the dinner and be energetic and enthusiastic I've and then go. I've learned. And I I think I've learned from the best. Uh, you know, my mom, <laughs> who I look to um, for everything. I, I remember when I had a child when I first had my daughter and I just didn't want to leave her. I wanted to be around her all the time. And, um, and there was that point where I was losing a little bit of myself and I felt bad about going back to work and, and wanting those things, wanting to perform and wanting those things. Cause I felt like, well, I have this beautiful gift. This should be, this should be enough where it was before I had my daughter and decided to have a child. It was, my career, it was like, oh, that wasn't enough. Like I wanted to have a family and I wanted to be a mother. And that was like the the ultimate. So here I was having this ultimate dream. And it, all of a sudden it was like, this should be enough. And it wasn't until my mom said, um, Mandy, 
you have to go. You have to go back. And I remember being on my first trip uh, of my first concert and crying uh, my first time away from my daughter. And I was only going to be away for a couple days and my husband was home, but just feeling that missing her so much and then getting, um, I was working with an orchestra and then going to the stage and feeling happy and feeling that joy of when I began to sing again. And it was like, I need this. I need this. I need my family, but I also need this. So you can be more than one thing. And all the stuff in between, I do my best to say no. (laughs) All the stuff in between. But, you know, it's a constant work in progress of saying no and being okay with that. I think that's my biggest... um, my biggest struggle is feeling like I've let someone down and, uh, and I've had to kind of learn to be comfortable with whatever that uncomfortable feeling is, because if I let myself down, that's, that's the biggest thing right. or my daughter, everything sure. else kind of, for sure. But know. that's hard. I think it's it hard is. for us when we're perfectionists and mm-hmm. we feel like we can do it all. We have to do it all. It's our responsibility. We can't let this person down. They're depending on us. Right. And then you do realize that their life goes on and your life goes on. Yeah. And nothing bad happens, and it all. And you're works much happier. Out. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it's like we put this un- this pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Before we continue with Mandy, let's talk about the business platinum card from American Express. The business platinum card from American Express is the card that I carry, and it's the card that I used to launch my business. It's because business can be done from anywhere, right? It's in the palm of your hand and at the source. However, you move your business forward. With Business Platinum, it's not about where you are. It's about where you want to take your business next. And nothing helps you like the resources and know-how of the Business Platinum card backed by the service and security of American Express. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. It's peak season for asparagus, which pairs perfectly with a light and crisp rosé. Many bottles of champagne and sparkling wines are perfect for adult Easter baskets. And they're really cute, too. My perfect brunch? Belgian waffles with extra whipped cream and a holiday pour of your sweetest rosé. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine & More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! There are 120,000 unsolved murder cases in America. It was the next day that I found out from my parents what had happened, that my sister was killed. Each one is called a cold case. Sometimes you have to look really closely to find the evidence. Damn it, I killed her. Damn it, I killed her. Cold Case Files, the podcast. Garcia is walking into the home of a real monster. I was nervous. I realized what kind of person I was dealing with. It's a goosebump moment. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Now back to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari. I want to talk about Fearless Squad, but mm-hmm. first I want to go into our Mentoring Moments and then yes, we'll circle yes. around. So I'll kick off with my Mentoring Moment because I think this will play into you. Okay. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can tell me. Yeah. So when I was younger, mm-hmm. I was in my 20s and I was living in Washington, D.C. and my parents were in Pittsburgh. And it was in the days where you had only landline phones. We didn't have anything that moved around those. with us. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> And we, 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 I, my parents had two in their mm-hmm. home. 
So I could talk to my mom and dad at the same time on the two different phones in right. their home, right? Mm-hmm. And I just was in this bad relationship and this guy broke up with me mm-hmm. and I was just so devastated. And I was on the phone with my parents and I'm like, you know, I have no self-confidence. And mm. my mom said to my dad, honey, give her self-confidence. <laughs> to which, I, <laughs> to yeah. which my dad said, I wish I could if I could, but I can't. He was like, honey, that has to come from within you. Right. He said, but let me help you. Do you feel smart? Do you think you're smart? I said, yeah, I think I'm smart. And he said, do you, he said, you know, I think you're pretty. Do you think you're pretty? And I was like, well, I guess, I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm beautiful, but you know, I'm scale, I, I, I guess, this. right. Yeah. And so he went through all of these things that he thought about me mm-hmm. for me to say, logically, are these things true? Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, he said, were you successful at this? Did you do a great job at that? Do right. you have friends? And you answer all these things. And he said, okay, so now you know them. Now you have to believe them mm-hmm. and feel them. Mm-hmm. And that's where your self-confidence will come from. Hmm. I love that. And so I know that is stuck. I could teary eyed when I think about it. I did too. Like that Um, definitely. Because it was so meaningful to me. And so wise. Right. And what, that's something you can use on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, I go back to that a lot. It's like, go back to what you know about yourself, because sometimes yeah. that little girl who's insecure pops up on this shoulder over here yeah. and, you for, and wants to remind you, not remind you, but wants to tell you that you're not that good yeah. and you need that other, you need that, that angel friend. on the shoulder, right? Yeah. Saying, don't pay attention to that person over there. They don't have a clue what they're talking exactly. about. Feel it. Just feel it. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, so I, was, I think that, I, I think you may have had similar situations. I definitely have. I definitely have. I think that, um, like you, I, I feel like I was blessed with some pretty incredible parents who um, instilled so much um, so much of my values today. But I think it was in that moment, and sometimes I still feel like I can feel guilty about spending time away from my child or not giving enough to my work or, you know, always feeling in between. And there are those moments, in those moments, I feel blessed to be able to call my mother and to this day and say, I just feel like, I don't know, like, I'm just feeling like I'm not, it's that thing of not enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. And I get that advice from my mom, which is the same thing, Mandy, you just, you have to go. You have to keep going. You're on the right track. And that's beautiful advice. My mom gave me the same when my daughter was born. And I think that to hear that from her, just from uh, unconditional love is the best advice that I'll ever get because I always feel like uh, talking to her is, um, she's always with me, you know, like she's always got my back. (laughs) And we put it out there that even if people don't have parents, Mm -hmm. they they aren't blessed as we are to have parents who have their backs. Yeah. To find those friends, you know, find that tribe. Find that community. community, Right. Yeah. We're going to get it, but I want to, we're going to get into the fearless one because I want to talk about that, but I want to hear your mentoring moment. Oh, I think that it was, you know, I've been doing what I've been doing a long time. And I came to New York. I set high goals for myself that continue. And, uh, you know, I did my first job was Tim Rice, Elton John's musical, Aida. Then I starred in a musical opposite Michael Crawford. Then I did In the Heights. And then I did Wicked. And I remember um, flying in Wicked. And it's the moment where you just feel like you're on the top of the world and you can do anything. And it was in that moment where I felt like this is great, but I still need this. 
And I had that aha moment where it was like, I need to take, I need to step away and I need to build my family. And it was in that moment where I had different people tell me like, oh, well, you're not going to have a kid or you're not going to do that. You're not going to step away from all of this. And there was just something inside of me in that moment of flying where I felt like I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to take this moment and step away from all this. And it was scary. It was scary because I didn't know how I would get back. I didn't know if, you know, because once you, you step away from something, once you get off the hamster wheel, you worry that, well, what does that mean? Who am I? I? I don't know. And I think that it was the best decision that I could have made in my life because I was lucky enough to have a child. And, um, I've come back even hungrier and I've made new goals for myself, which is not just about going from show to show to show. It's about building more for myself because it's not just about myself anymore. It's about my child as well and building things for her future. So I think that in that aha moment of feeling like you have it all, and then all of a sudden realize you don't. Um, to step away is a very um, hard thing, but sometimes it's needed. So I think that that was my biggest aha moment. I love in life. that. That one's giving me goosebumps. Oh, thanks. And, and you're <laughs> making be- bees over there looking at us, just like <laughs> nodding. <laughs> Yeah, good girl. So, right. so B just said she froze her eggs. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. I'm telling you, it, no, that is really it's, and I think it's it's like the last place you would think you would have that moment is when you're flying. When you're flying on wicked, stage right? on that little like platform where you're like, oh, I would be and like then all thinking, of a sudden it's like, oh, I've made it. Right. Now what? And it's in that moment of I want to have a baby, I want to have a family, and but I have to step away for that to happen. If this doesn't inspire everyone to realize (laughs) that you can have whatever you want, it's not about having it all. It's about having what you want. Because it's like, what does that mean? Right, exactly. (laughs) That's why I said, I wanted to clarify that because I really don't know what that means either. (laughs) It's true. But you can have what you want and you don't have to give up your job and you don't have to give up being a mother. No, or if you don't want to be a mother, that's okay too. I have friends and we, we do it all and we're just as supportive of everything that's happening in life. And I think it is, it's so important to build that community for yourself. And to see that you can even be better, right? It doesn't bring you down. It's not like saying I'm going to be a lesser version of myself. I'm Mm going to be less of myself. It's like, I can even be more of myself in all of these areas. And that's what I think we miss out on. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we're always going into the negative of what are we going to lose if we add on something. Okay. So being a mom, you are Mm -hmm. the mom of the fearless squad. I am. I'm the fearless mother. (laughs) So tell us about the fearless squad. How did it start? And what is it? Um, the fearless squad, started as a community online on Twitter. I posted a picture with my fearless squad, um, two actors from Hamilton who I love and I've grown up with and I hashtag fearless squad. And all of a sudden it started this online community of people that wanted to be a part of it. And so it started as a community and now it's become a movement and it's a movement for empowerment. It's a movement for belonging and it's a movement to be fearless. It's it's online. It's online. It's on Twitter. So it's hashtag fearless squad. And what it is, is, um, we stand for so many things, but we have squad rules. So we, we have each other's back. That's our first squad rule. And I think that that's, in my opinion, one of the number one things for mentoring. I feel like 
this community has been a mentoring for me as I hope I am for them. Um, the second squad rule is uh, we dream big. Uh, we help each other when we fall and we look for the good. So um, that's all you need in order to be a part of the fearless squad is that you follow these squad rules. And we have, we've built a community and we're looking to, um, to change things and to help each other. And you have a really engaged community because I do. I've been following your community. Yes. And I yesterday I tweeted that we were going to be recording and yeah. I asked people to send in their questions mm-hmm. and your fan base was like just firing them at me, which was yeah. great. I mean, they were, so it's really engaged. So I'm going to give you a few of those questions that we're going to answer sure. and then we're going to bring B on so great. that we can do takeaways. Great. So one of the questions came from at yours, Michelle. And she follows you and she says, you are one of my biggest role models and I'm so grateful for what you have taught me. Who are some of your role models? Mm -hmm. And then that was followed by another one of your fans who said, how do your fans and fearless squad inspire you? So they both kind of go hand in hand. So you could pick one of them, your role models. How do you, how do they inspire you? Um, my role models, it starts with my, my abuelita and my grandmother, um, and my mother. So those are my, my role models and my sister. Um, the fearless squad inspires me by their honesty and by their ability to, um, be vulnerable and honest with me and not embarrassed or ashamed of asking for help or, um, wanting to stand up for something that they believe in and looking for others to for support. Um, so they inspire me in that way, um, because they allow me to be a better self because I have to be honest. And that's a very hard thing. I think when you're an actor, because a lot of times you're put, you're asked to, to play a character and, uh, nobody really asks you like what you think. Um, I have incredible role models in my career, uh, people like Priscilla Lopez, who I would played my mother in In the Heights, Tommy Kale, who is my director of In the Heights and Hamilton, who inspires me, uh, Lynn Manuel, Alex Lackamore, and uh, Sandy Jacobs, uh, Bill Sherman. These are all people that inspire me and um, and encourage me to be my best self because they they allow me to to be me. Uh, but I think that. The Fearless Squad, definitely their honesty and vulnerability inspire me. And I hope that we just continue to grow and learn from each other. Well, I can tell you for sure you inspire them. Aww, I mean, really all you. of the remarks that you've listened to. And then here's another one. This one comes from Kate75. Throughout your life so far, what do you think is the biggest lesson you've learned mm. and how has it shaped you? I think that the biggest lesson that I've learned is to listen to my heart and to follow that. Because when I was going to move to New York, uh, there were a lot of people in my life, even people that I admired growing up, that told me that I shouldn't, that I couldn't do it. It was too expensive. You know, I didn't have financial support, but I had emotional support and love. So I had a lot of people that would tell me no, but in my heart, I had this fire. It was that fire again of I can do it. And so that was my biggest lesson is to listen to my my heart and listen to my gut. And it's served me to this day. Was that hard though to find? Is that something else we talk about on the podcast? Mm -hmm. It's hard to figure out what is your gut telling you versus those outside voices. They get confusing sometimes. It's like, where is it coming from? And it's like, oh, well, I don't see this happening for you. 
and I think about it and I go, Oh, I don't, they don't see this happening for me. Well, that's cool because that's their life, but I see this. So, um, I think that you can have those kind of things and, and it, it's a good thing to learn that early on as an artist, because you have to listen to your own voice because that's what makes you unique. And you have to learn that this person doesn't know better. Most of the time, you you are the one that has the answer. Yes. You just have to trust it. Yes. And I think a lot of times it's hard to dig deep and find it. So we trust others because we think, okay, well, they know better. So I'll trust them. Of because course. I don't know. It's like, it takes too much long. It takes too long. It's too hard to find that answer within ourselves. Of course. But that's what I love about Fearless Squad is that it's a continuous conversation. So the conversation never ends. None of us really have the answer. We just want to have a community and talk about what the answer might be. And that's what we say a lot here on Mentoring Moments too, is that it's not about the answer because everybody has different thoughts about how do you get to where you're going. Yeah. It's taking that information and saying, what do I do with that information that worked for Mandy? This worked for so-and-so. Exactly. And how do I use all of that? Okay, so here's one from at yours, Michelle. If there was one piece of advice you'd give your 23-year-old self, what would it be? <laughs> um, 23. Okay. So at 23, I was in a show called Dance of the Vampires uh, with Michael Crawford. And the show was one of the biggest flops on Broadway. <sighs> and <laughs> it was my big break. You know, on the poster, it said introducing Mandy Gonzalez. <laughs> it was like my parents were there at opening night. And then the next day the reviews came and it was like the worst possible and things you could see. You then? 23. So I think what I can give to my 23-year-old self, I would give my 23-year-old self a high five because <laughs> so great. many people <laughs> told me after that, you know, and I was in another show that didn't do well after that. And so many people said, oh, you know, this is it. You know, how do you deal with that? Or how do you, you know, how are you going to move on from this? And I was like, well, how are you, how are you going to move on from it? Because I'm fine. And it hurts and it stings and bad reviews hurt. And uh, you have to learn to not let anybody put out that fire. You have to learn to stand back up because people that told me, well, you don't have it or you don't have this or you're, you're not going to do this. Nobody tells me that. So I think I would tell my 23 year old self, you're on the right track. You're doing a great job. And so, you are. Thank you. <laughs> I just love this. I love oh, this. Thanks. Okay, so now we're going to do takeaways and bring B into the conversation. Yay, B. Okay. So everyone, welcome, welcome, B. So yesterday I said to B, B, what are you up to these days? And she had said to me, Well, tell me what she said to me. What are you up to these days? Well, I'm back at it again with the back at it again. I really didn't think that I would start another company, but I have done. Woo. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And it's called the difference, as in the right talk at the right time can make all the difference and we are a new machine learning mental health startup so i'm really excited that brings art artificial intelligence yeah yeah to so emotional we're intelligence using artificial intelligence to develop emotional intelligence i like to think of it as kind of like 23 and me for mental health so it's really a new model for therapy so it's kind of in stealth mode i've been working with an mit engineer a female mit engineer so i'm really excited i have a song in my heart again that's wow. great and you it's from sing. it's non-stop yes. from hamilton right <laughs> He is determined to sing a few tunes here from Camelot. <laughs> 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 
choose to determine. Okay, so B, it's yours. You've been sitting there listening to us. Oh my God. What do you want to ask Mandy? Mandy, I have to say, you are divina. You are so amazing. Honestly, I was sitting back on the couch wrapped in my fur, as y'all know I like to do when I'm at Denise's house, but just like your lessons and your grace and the fact that you've been doing it for so long, and I'm sure Mm -hmm. it was like a struggle, but you just seem like, you know, nothing gets to you anymore. Like, well, yeah, I I think... um, Maybe 6.30 in the morning, but um, <laughs> once I have my coffee, I'm good. But I, uh, yeah, the strength just uh, continues to rise. Yes, she's yeah. got fire in her veins, y'all, for, for sure. sure. I can feel it. Yes, oh, for sure, for sure. Thank it. you. So I wanted to ask you, in addition to, like, the family support, mm-hmm. I would imagine that the theater community and the artistic community, I mean, you have your fearless squad, but I, mm-hmm. I've heard that it's kind of, like, cutthroat and all Definitely. of that stuff. Like, how do you keep your mind right when it's a constant competition? I think I have some incredible friends Mm. Um, and my friends are that are truly my my really close friends are like on both hands. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I can count in both hands. And um, and I and I look to them. I I've lucked out because my husband and I moved to the suburbs like about three years ago after we had I know I'm kidding (laughs) after we had our daughter. Uh, But the wonderful thing about it is that I created a mom community, a mom squad for myself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how much I needed that. And I needed to have other women in my life that were mothers. Also, we have a couple dads and, um, and just to talk about things that Mm -hmm. I had questions about, or I felt like this happened today to my Mm -hmm. daughter. Like, does this happen to you? And I have a friend who has three and Mm -hmm. she's always like, Oh, you're fine. You know, and I need, I needed that. Um, but then I also need my friends that are, you know, working nine to five and they, I mean, my mom friends also do that, but I needed my friends in the city that my girlfriends that I can talk to and say, Hey, is this happening to you? What do you think? And, and so I think that it's that finding people that I trust and I found them throughout the years and I've been so blessed with, um, some really incredible friends. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that's how I survived. Yeah. You got to keep your circle tight. You do tight and right. No, it is very true. Sorry. sorry. Um, but, um, you know, I think I've told this story before that when the company closed, my company in your corner I had for five years, it was heartbreaking. It was very personal. And one of my investors after the company closed was like, stop feeling bad for yourself. Come and see the show. It reminds me of you. Mm-hmm. And Hamilton really did bring me out of this depression because, you know, like as much as I put my heart into it, you know, the story of Hamilton is just like people go to wars. People die. You're going to have haters like Aaron Burr who are beautiful chocolate men who can sing. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. And, and that's as powerful as it is when you're building a country or a new nation that you now get to build all that stuff. And so I want to know, like my favorite song from it was wait for it. Mm -hmm. Um, because it just, Oh my God, it's just so beautiful. And Mm -hmm. it just like, was just kind of like you're on, like you said, you're on the right track. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. If you're doing the right things, you just wait for it. Mm -hmm. Is it, but I'm a very ambitious person, you know, scrappy and hungry. Young scrappy and hungry. We are going to get it. I'm telling you. But so do you have a personal mantra that, kind of but like breathe what is for Denise do you have a personal mantra that kind of get, gets your mind right yeah I would say that mine is before I step on the stage every every show I say you got this and I I become a different person before mm. I get on that stage because you are being vulnerable and you're you want to serve the show and you are going to be in front of an audience if I'm doing my concerts um, I have a lot of concerts coming up and uh, and I make sure that I say you got this like mm. You're the only one. And mm-hmm. so in that, it gets me ready to um, 
to do what I need to do to flip it, to flip it, mm-hmm. which is nice. But I think that, and I feel that sometimes with, with anything, with drop off, <laughs> with carpool, make it. no, I feel like, you know, oh, I got everybody in right. Like, <laughs> you know, and nobody's on the roof. Nobody's yeah. on the roof. Like I'm, you know, That's my, my so daughter weird. just graduated preschool and I feel, I swear, you know, selfishly, I feel a sense of accomplishment. Like <laughs> I got this, I did this. Right. You know what I mean? Like I made it to drop off, not looking crazy every morning mm. or maybe one morning a week, I looked really great and I put on lipstick. Like right. I feel mm. it's those little things where I I have to celebrate Oh my God. and say, yeah, I you know, this. you did it. When my, oh. when my daughter was in kindergarten and stuff, I would take her to school. I would like throw on workout clothes. Of course. And I would, that's how we get her to school every yeah. day. And I was in a community in D.C. where all the moms were dressed and blah, blah, blah. And I and everyone thought I worked out five days a week. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everybody would say, how do you work out every secret. day? And I would be thinking, what are, they, what are they talking about? I don't work out at all. Like, this is stress. <laughs> it's because I have, no clean, like I have no clean clothes. Right. Oh, oh, I love this one about family because um, so I'm a therapist, obviously. Yeah. And so as we, Denise and I talk about this a lot, this generation is very, very hard on themselves. Yeah. And it's really refreshing to see you be so like gentle with yourself and just like self-affirming. There's a lot mm-hmm. of negative self-talk going out there. But when mm-hmm. it comes to being a mom in particular, yeah. um, there's a lot of shame in that community, in that life stage. There is. And so it was so interesting when you were talking about forgiveness and balance and also mm-hmm. when you were flying and just being like, no, I'm going to choose this. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't feel that confident in their decisions just because of how real self-doubt is. Right. Do you ever struggle with self-doubt? Constantly. Really? Yeah. You just seem, you have to meet this woman. I know. She's so like, I, everybody could be here. I just think it's that. But, but I think that's real. I mean, I, I get the sense that you're, I mean, so I, not that I think you, you have centered. self-doubt. But I am centered. Yeah, yes. But centered. I have many times where I feel like I'm going to fall. <laughs> and, um, and I think it's in those moments of wanting to be the best, like where I have to tell myself, just breathe. Or I'm, I have coffee with my friend and it's usually stuff regarding my kid or Mm. stuff as, as a mom now where Mm. I think about, Oh, I didn't get this done or I didn't, you know, no peanut butter in the lunch, you know, like, it's like little <laughs> so things. she's having a jelly sandwich. Exactly. Like, oh, well, well, the other kids are allergic. Right. So it's, it's those things. And, mm. and it's, it's being able to laugh. And I think that if I didn't have those friendships with other mothers that have taught me so much and continue to teach me so much, cause I feel like sometimes I'm like, Oh my gosh, they have it all together. Look at them. They look amazing at the drop off. Like they've got the three kids. Yeah. I've got the one, their lunches they are already out. <laughs> and then we go and have coffee and we're in the same boat. Mm-hmm. They're struggling with something else. And then all of a sudden I realize, like, it's that same thing I said. We're all just doing our best. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, in those moments of uh, self-doubt, I just, I learned to laugh. I learned to laugh a lot more now, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and that helps me. And I think it helps your child, too, because then they don't take so. things so seriously. I really do think that. I think child. if we take things so yeah. seriously and we're like, I'm so sorry, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. Number yeah. one, they figure out how to play on that. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So they manipulate you yeah, that's with that definitely. One. The second one is it makes them think everything has to be done perfectly, no, right? No. So I think I think it works both ways. It's kind of says, then, you know, it's not that big of a deal that you went to the field trip without the right T-shirt Exactly. On. I'm like, well, did you like the T-shirt? <laughs> right. And then it becomes that. She's like, well, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, there you go. That's it. You know, you look cool. Right. We wore like the Wonder Woman like shirt. Like you're good. Right. And so, um, and so all you're of a good sudden, whether you know and, it or then, not. and then we turn it and I flip it and it's like, that works for me. Right. That works for me. And, um, right. and I meet 
like I said, I go out for coffee with my friends and then she said, oh, well, I forgot this and I forgot this. Right. And then we go, oh, right. None of us are perfect. Yeah. Like it's, it's a great thing. It's so, a great thing when you realize that. So we're going to let you go so right, that Hamilton thanks, doesn't hate us. But tell us where we can find you. So tell everyone okay. where you can find so you. So I will be um, in the Hamptons. I will be at Guild Hall. I will be performing my one-woman show there um, called Raise the Roof. And then I'm getting ready to release my first album oh my as well as um, I'm taking two weeks off. Um, in Hamilton, and I will be uh, making my debut at the Cafe Carlisle in the fall, October 28th through November 4th. I was looking um, at tickets yesterday. And my show Ooh. is called Fearless, Ooh. so it's going to be a lot of fun. Very, um, It's going to just be talking about my journey, so I can't wait. So that's wow. where you can find me, and otherwise I'll be at Hamilton uh, eight shows a week. Right. Wow. <laughs> well, obviously, you've got a whole new fan. You got. I'm seriously <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, I love it. And you I don't need a lot of impressive right. work, but it's your spirit is right. Oh, yeah, very you. aligned. Thank okay, you. we're going yeah. to let you go. I'm sorry. Awesome. No, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we had to say goodbye to Mandy because she's on her way. I mean, like, literally on her way to Hamilton because she's on stage in an hour, which just proves what I was just saying. She's like out there doing all this, and then she's on stage at Hamilton in an hour, and she is fabulous. So, B, now tell us where we can find you. Yes. Well, um, not at Hamilton, but... <laughs> but <laughs> well, maybe. I think, I, I think she might be stalking Mandy. Yes. That one on. was very lovely, just like so divine. But as for me, um, you can always find me at BeArthurTherapy.com um, or on Twitter at BeArthurLMHC, which is Licensed Mental Health Counselor. And soon in the fall, hopefully, we will have the new site up for beta, which is TheDifference.co. We're really, really looking forward to dis- redesigning therapy and helping as many people as we can live happier, healthier lives. So please find us there. And speaking of healthy and happy, <laughs> healthy and happier. So what did, what were some of your main takeaways from today with Mandy? Oh man, I, I just wasn't expecting her to be so like serene and, and pe- I mean, just because like we're saying, she's on her way to do a show. She had an audition this morning. She has a child, um, but she was managing it and she was forget. I was just really impressed. I know a lot of people in theater. I used to have a lot of like performer clients and they just had this anxiety around them and she had zero of that. So I was just really impressed, but I wanted to ask her more about her work ethic and, you know, what she learned from Lin-Manuel Miranda. But I think you could see that, you know, a lot of it had to be with her base. She has a really solid foundation in her family and her support group and her fearless squad. And I guess it just reminds people to, you know, like just surround yourself with people who love you, work with people you like and respect. Those right. are timeless lessons. And I think to the confidence, right? I mean, yeah, she had and, something. It, yeah, it's not, I am so cool. She doesn't right. have that mm-hmm. attitude, right? but she is so confident in who mm-hmm. she is. Yeah, she really is. And knowing what it is that's important to her. And I think the other thing when saying that she is a work in progress, mm-hmm. I don't think she's looking for all the answers right now, yeah. right this moment. It's like, what these are the answers for now that yeah. she has, knowing that they could change tomorrow. Yeah. And and that seems to be calming. For me, that mm-hmm. was calming learning from her. Right. You know, that to be able to look at it and to remind her to take it in the moment because right. I'm really bad about that, Same. as you know. It's like, you know, I say I'm going to take it in the moment and mm-hmm. then I'm just constantly fast forwarding to mm-hmm. or, or going back. I'm trying not to go back, but going, but fast forwarding. Yeah. But I think for all people, regardless of age, but especially for young people, that story about Wicked, mm-hmm. when, okay, you're on stage, you're Alphaba and Wicked. Yeah. And you're Star of the show. Right. Doing your thing. And you're flying. Literally and you have your aha world. moment yeah. of I'm not gonna is, do this. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was such a great lesson because we always think we have to cheese keep go, 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 you know? And she literally most people, you know, 
don't ever pause their career, especially for their children. You know, it seemed like it's kind of like an inhibit. But she, the fact that she, she's like, yeah, I came back hungrier. You know, it wasn't just me. It wasn't my ambition I was serving. It was this little girl. And it's just like, yeah, it doesn't always have to be. And just like we always say, you can have whatever kind of life you want. You can design it. It will be there for you if it's meant to be yours. So, yeah, I mean, it was now that I'm starting the company, I'm feeling very overwhelmed and anxious. So it was exactly what I needed to hear today. Well, I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad that you came over. I'm mentoring always, yeah, that was your mentoring moment. <laughs> I am so glad. And so thank now we're you, going Mami. to say goodbye for today. And thanks to everyone for joining us. And remember to download new episodes on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcast or podcastone.com. And make sure to rate, review, and share. So talk to me. You can find me on Twitter. I'm easy to find. It's at Denise Rastari. And until next week, keep sharing your stories because your stories matter. Download new episodes of Mentoring Moments every Wednesday at podcastone.com, forbes.com, the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at iTunes. I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And we're the hosts of The Limit Does Not Exist, a podcast for human Venn diagrams. That's right. We talk to people with intersecting interests in the arts, STEM, entrepreneurship, and so much more. The easiest way to explain science to non-scientists is to use art. I worry that we lose a lot of creative engineers because our engineering curriculum is not creative. Education should be about empowering people to become better thinkers, good problem solvers, creative inventors, and ethical caring citizens. Download new episodes of The Limit Does Not Exist every Monday on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing and a less than perfect one. Seen it? Covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S. might do to him. The United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, They are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower... It does not appear to be following, following the rule of law. It is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States, uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution, uh, the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.